Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you on this very wonderful afternoon, Tuesday afternoon. For those of you who are listening live uh, on Grace FM, we are uh, seeing the clouds gather, the wind beginning to blow from the north, soon will be shifting from the east, and we are being told that a storm is coming in for the weekend. But I want to welcome you on this afternoon, those of you who are tuned in to Calvary Live, so grateful to be with you this afternoon. And you just heard the call-in number. You can call in with your questions. Uh, the call-in number is 303-690-3000. Love for you to call. Let's talk about the Lord. Let's get our minds off of uh, COVID, get our minds off of the storm, get our minds off of just all those things that can really just distract us and weigh on us. And and uh, let's talk about the Lord and let's uh, go to the scriptures and let's be encouraged and built up and edified in every way as we gather today. So 303-690-3000. Again, if you are listening on Grace FM, whether it's 101.7 in Southern Colorado or in Northern Colorado, 89.7, up into Southern Wyoming, Laramie and Cheyenne, and even over to the Panhandle, Nebraska. Give me a call. Love to talk to you. And also want to welcome all those who are listening on perhaps another Christian radio station, the Hope FM uh, radio network and Truth FM and Refuge uh, FM. Just welcome. And you can call at that number, 303-690-3000. And we would love to talk with you. You will be a week delayed to broadcast as you hear it on the radio. Uh, but uh, you can call in. We'll have our conversation, and then you can listen to it next week. But we also know there's a, a number of people from all over the country, even international listeners, that are listening on the mobile app or uh, on the Grace FM website. And so we welcome you as well. Give me a call, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. As most of you know, there is a dedicated text line for you to be able to uh, text a a number uh, or a question and a prayer request. The number is 720-336-0897, Be careful as you're texting. Be safe. And uh, we'll go to the text line as time permits. So give me a call. This is really your show. Love to talk to you. Love it when callers uh, call in. Uh, ask your questions. Maybe your Bible reading brought up a question Maybe you heard a teaching, perhaps as you were in a small group Bible study, some questions came up. Uh, maybe your child asked you a question and you just want some clarification. Let's go to the Word of God and and let's get clarity and understanding. And God's Word is truth. It's profitable. It's such a blessing to be able to do this. And then the text line, too, I want to remind you that that is a 24-7 prayer line for you anytime, seven days a week, to be able to text in 
uh, a prayer request, and there will be those, the prayer team at Calvary Church in Aurora, that will be praying for you. So got plenty of time. Grab one of those open lines. The show goes by quickly, the hour, and uh, love for you to be able to take advantage of this hour. And uh, let's just talk about the Lord and answer your questions and uh, be blessed in every way as we do that. As I mentioned to you that uh, we've been watching here, and I'm sure you're hearing the same things, uh, of a perhaps a major storm coming in this weekend uh, for Colorado along the Front Range, and we're still watching how it sets up. But I just want to encourage you, always be watching, be careful, uh, make plans accordingly. We want everybody to be safe. I'm sure that many churches and uh, pastors are uh, trying to figure out um, plans. If things get really bad, it could be a significant snowfall. But uh, just be watching, and uh, we want everybody to be safe. We want everybody to um, be able to uh, plan accordingly as this storm moves in. We, of course, are in spring, and the spring can bring these heavy snowfalls, and uh, so we're just watching it. So I just want you to be aware. And as we were talking about it at our staff meeting today, this storm's uh, setting up perhaps, uh, and we don't know exactly how it's going to set up, but there's the potential for significant snowfall. Uh, we were talking about how we're going to handle it, uh, plans, backup plans, all those other things. It reminds me, as I was preparing for a teaching on Wednesday night, for Ezekiel. And Ezekiel was warning the people about storm clouds that were gathering uh, as they were uh, not right with the Lord, as they would go into captivity by the Babylonians. And it reminds me of what Paul would write to the church at Thessalonica. He says uh, to them concerning the times and seasons that I have no need to write to you. And and we know the times and seasons that we are in, and they are a time of where it's going to be perilous times. We know it's going to be a time um, that uh, we are seeing the return of the Lord that is very, very near. And so we want to make sure that even as Jesus said, that you can discern the face of the sky. And he rebuked the religious leaders because they came to him looking for a sign. They wanted a sign, give me a sign. And we know that Jesus said that no sign will be given to you except for the sign of Jonah, just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a large fish, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. My sign that will be given to this generation and every generation is the resurrection. And so, uh, as he would say that you can discern the face of the sky, but not the coming of the Son of Man, um, we need to remind people that Jesus is alive and that he's risen from the grave. Uh, He conquered sin and death. And that's why I want to encourage you, as we're nearing Easter and Resurrection Weekend, pray about who you might invite to go to you know, a service with you, uh, a service to hear the gospel, the greatest news ever declared that Jesus Christ is alive. And more people are willing to do that than ever before at any other time of the year. And I think especially because last year most churches were closed uh, for Resurrection Weekend, and this year we're open. We're having in-person services. I know many churches are, if not most of them, and we're excited about that. And so pray about who you might invite. Pray about that that person that perhaps the Lord has put on your heart at work or a family member or a neighbor, uh, whoever it might be that's linked to you in your life, to be able to say, hey, come, 
I want to take you to service and and uh, and to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so I think it's important for us as Christians to do that. Hey, we got a couple open lines, so give me a call, 303-690-3000. That is the call-in number. So uh, let's talk about the Lord, and the text line is 720-336-0897. Let's go to Betty Jane in Philadelphia. Hi, Betty Jane. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for calling. Yeah, thank you. Um, so my grandson really needs prayer. Um, if anybody that's listening could pray for Dominic, I'd really appreciate it. His parents um, are not saved. He is saved, but his parents are not saved. His My daughter uh, is his mother, and uh, she won't mm-hmm. talk to me because I keep talking to Dominic about Jesus. And uh, so that's very sad. It it is sad, um, Betty Jane. It reminds me what Jesus said that He said that I came, you know, not to bring peace but a sword. And He goes on and explains that there will be mother, you know, against daughter, and and daughter against mother, and father against son. And He He's just talking about the family dynamics that when we become a Christian, that it brings division in the family, just kind of like what you're describing. And uh, right. but I'm very grateful that Dominic has a grandmother that's telling him about Jesus. And so we're going to pray for him. And Father, I, we do pray for uh, Betty Jane's grandson. We just pray that the words that she speaks to him, and Lord, as uh, truth is given to him, that he would just, Lord, embrace you in every way. And Lord, even though he's not raised in a Christian home with his mother or uh, in an environment perhaps uh, where Jesus isn't being spoke of. I thank you that he has a grandmother. It reminds me of, of Paul commending uh, Timothy's grandmother uh, for giving him the Word of God. And I just pray for Betty Jane that you give her wisdom, that you give her discernment as she speaks to her grandson. We pray for Dominic that you would just open up his eyes, soften his heart spiritually, that he would receive you in every way, the gospel, salvation, and then grow in the Word of God. And Lord, we just pray that you would just work in an amazing way. And I also pray, I want to lift up Betty Jane's daughter to you, that Lord, that she would uh, also just see um, your truth. And Lord, that uh, she would open her heart to you as you draw her to yourself, Lord. So I just pray for salvation for this family in every way. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Hey, yeah. So yeah, that my my daughter Christina is used to be my kindred spirit. So she moved to mm. California and she's become very earthly. So um very yeah. carnal. Yeah, you not, keep praying. So, keep praying, yeah. Betty Jane. Yeah, you keep praying for him. Yeah. So and you call anytime that you need prayer, okay, or want to pray so for much. them. Okay, God bless you guys out there I'll pray on the East for you Coast. Too. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it, Betty Jane. Okay. So, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Maybe you need prayer for a son, a daughter, a grandson, a granddaughter, a family member, a friend. Uh, we all have people that we need to pray for, and uh, especially during this time, uh, our young people are being pulled into the world more than ever. And we talked about that on Sunday as we're going through Matthew's Gospel. And in Matthew's Gospel, um, we see that Jesus comes down from 
the Mount of Transfiguration. And then as he comes down into the valley, he is met by uh, a father who has a son. And Luke says that it's his only son that was being demonized and really going through it. And um, as Jesus would help this father, this father would express, he said, that I believe, as Jesus said, if you will only believe, all things are possible. And the father said, I believe, but there is unbelief. That's what Mark records. And sometimes when we just see the pole of the world, when we see the uh, the effects of the world on loved ones, on our sons and daughters, grandchildren, we think, oh man, um, it's so strong. But only believe. And I know for me, when I see the people around me, I think that Lord, the world has such a a grip on them and a pull on them that I want to land on the side of belief and faith. And Jesus said that uh, faith the size of a mustard seed can move mountains. And that father, in the honesty of his heart, just threw himself on, you know, the the Lord in, in the honesty of his heart saying, I do believe, but there's some doubts. And there are times where I can doubt. There are times where my faith is weak. There are times when my faith is small. Uh, But I want to trust in the Lord and to know that the Lord loves our children. The Lord loves our grandchildren and those that are linked to us in our lives. And we need to just keep praying and praying for them and not give up and speaking truth into their lives as we have opportunity to do that and not to lose heart, but to know that the Lord is real and um, and He hears, and we can present them to Him and uh, have that intercessory uh, prayer and ministry and the ministry of reconciliation uh, to others that are around us. And that's why I was speaking about the Easter service, that, you know, th- that's maybe a start for some of you, and pray about that as your church is planning for Easter uh, be able to speak truth into their lives uh, as the opportunity is the Lord gives to you. So 303-690-3000. we got all open lines right now, so I'd love for you to be able to call. Uh, maybe you're out and about. Maybe you're getting a snack for the kids. Uh, maybe you're finishing up work, whatever the case may be. Give me a call at 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line is 720-336-0897, and we're going to go to the text line. And we are going to go there while we're waiting for some phone calls uh, to come in. But let's go. And one of the questions is, first of all, what are the biblical reasons we have that says we can worship on Sunday and not Saturday? And they say they have been confused on this. And I think it's important for us to know that um, there are biblical reasons for us to be able to worship uh, on um, Sunday, and the Bible gives us good reason for that. Um, we know that, and I think the confusion comes in, and perhaps the one who has texted us in is because there are those who come along and say that we have to keep the Sabbath law and we're to worship on Saturday and not on Sunday. But there's very good reasons. Uh, New Testament believers uh, were not under the Old Testament law, first of all. Uh, we know that Jesus is the fulfillment of the Sabbath, um, that uh, Jesus, uh, the Sabbath laws, the feasts and the festivals, according to Colossians chapter 2, were just a shadow of the reality. Jesus is our Sabbath rest. Um, we know that uh, 
Paul would write in Romans chapter 14, verse 5, I believe, that one man esteems one day above another, one man esteems every day like you be convinced in your own mind. Uh, I happen to be one that every day is a day where uh, we can worship the Lord, we can gather together, whether it's on Sunday morning, which we traditionally do, or whether it's on a Wednesday night or on a Thursday night. We have believers meeting that they will come together and they will study God's Word and lady studies and men's study here this evening. We have uh, youth that meet on the weekend, Saturday. We have young adults on Friday nights, uh, other times that people meet uh, together, the church, and I believe we can do that at any time. And Paul writes that, um, that we should judge no one according to Sabbaths again. And then also we know that uh, it's interesting that Jesus rose on the first day of the week, we know from uh, the Gospel accounts, and we know that um, the Holy Spirit took place on a Sunday, according to Acts chapter 2, verse 1. The early church was given a pattern of Sunday worship as they continue to do so regularly. We see that in Acts chapter 20, verse 7, as the brethren gathered there at Troash. Also in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2, as Paul said, that I will gather uh, the, um, you know, come get the collection as you guys gather together on the first day of the week. So there's evidence in the scriptures that the early church did meet on the first day of the week because it was the day of the resurrection of, of the Lord. So hopefully that helps. And we can talk further on it if you'd like to call in and uh, further explore this. So 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Got a couple open lines. Text line 720-336-0897. Let's go to Aurora. Olga. Olga? Olga, are you there? Olga, you're on Calvary Live. Yes, Pastor. How are you, Hi. Olga? Um, I'm just fine, Pastor. Okay. Uh-huh. I know that prayer is a power. Yeah. Um of help from Father God. And today I ask you to pray for my son. He purchased a land in um, in Florida. And, it, you know, they had a report from the EPI, I don't know, the government, yeah. that, uh, that, that he could build. And three days ago, on, on Friday or Thursday, they call him and he says that he said that land is not to build. After he went through for three months to purchase that land for the loan yeah, and everything else, and yeah. uh, so I don't know what to do. I don't know. We're, I think yeah. it's a mistake, and okay. I just want a prayer. Yeah, okay. We're going to pray, and that is disappointing when you buy land, you make the plans, and then all of a sudden, you know, they come along and say, well, you can't for some reason, but we're going to give it to the Lord because he's bigger than all that. Amen? I know. I know. Father, we pray for Olga's son, and as he bought land in Florida, had plans, and then all of a sudden, uh, the uh, it told that he can't build on it. So, Lord, I pray that you would take care of it. I pray that this would be resolved that, Lord, that he would either be able to build on it or something even better comes along. You're in control, Lord. Lord, I just pray that you would work, you would show yourself strong on behalf of her son, 
that, Lord, you're bigger than um, the government. You're bigger than um, anything, Lord. There's no problem that's too difficult for you to work. And even as uh, as the prophet Jeremiah was told that there's nothing too difficult for me, Jeremiah, nothing is impossible is what Jesus told that man there at the bottom of the Mount of Transfiguration. So, Lord, we just ask that you intervene, that you would work, show yourself strong on behalf of her family, and just give Olga a peace. Just give her a peace about this as she's troubled for her son in her heart. Give her comfort. Lord, give her a peace that passes understanding, and give her just, um, Lord, an assurance that that you hear her and that you are working. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you. You bet. You keep keep me keep me in in uh, updated. Okay. Thank you. God bless. We'll keep praying. Bye-bye. You bet. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number to call, and uh, we got a couple open lines and text line is seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Jonathan's in Aurora. Hi, Jonathan. Hello, Pastor. How are you doing today, brother? I'm Pastor. good. Thanks. Thanks for holding. No, it's my it's my pleasure. Thank you for taking my call, and you know I just want to definitely pray for Sister Olga too, that God be with her. But I just had a question, brother, on the on the scripture, Pastor. Uh huh. Um. So my my question was, I had heard I think on on uh, Grace FM or Calvary one time where they were speaking about, um, I believe, and I can be completely wrong, but that the Apostle Paul had actually, one time it was said that the Apostle Paul had actually visited heaven or something like that, and I didn't catch the whole story, but I was just wondering if there was some insight on that. Yeah, there is. So you can read, um, uh, Jonathan, you can read Second Corinthians chapter 12, and Paul talks about this man. He says, he says that I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows, how he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words, which is not lawful for me to utter. Of such a one I will boast, uh, yet of myself I will not boast except in my affirmities. So as you go on, he it's obvious that this is Paul the Apostle. So he speaks about a time where he was caught up into paradise. He was caught up into heaven. And it's interesting that he says that um, as he was there, that he uh, heard inexpressible words were not lawful for me to utter. In other words, it was so amazing um, that uh, he couldn't express the words. Uh, I'm sure seeing the glory of heaven. So Paul went to heaven, was the indication here. Is there a time in the scriptures where perhaps that happened? Well, I think there is. Because when you go to Acts chapter 14, I believe it is, um, 14 or 15, Paul's on his first missionary journey, and as he's on that first missionary journey, uh, he's in Lystra. And as he's in Lystra, uh, it's in chapter 14, uh, he's there, he's is witnessing, um, and this is Gentile, you know, territory. They were involved in idol worship, and here is Paul. He has this miracle that he performs on a man who couldn't walk. 
So the people started uh, saying, hey, he's a god, him and Barnabas. This is Zeus and this is Hermas. Um, and they were going to sacrifice to them. And Paul said, no, we're but mere men. And don't worship us. And let us tell you about the one that you should worship and, and was going to present the gospel to them. Um, well, what happened was that as he's at Lystra, he would go to Derby. Um, some of the Jews uh, would come and get those same people worked up to where they stoned him for and left him for dead. It says that they dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. And then he would rise up and he would go back to Lystra, which a couple things there. I think probably Paul was dead and they were just going to throw him into the garbage heap. Um, that's where the dumps were. That's what they would do with strangers. Uh, if they died or they put them to death, they just drag them and put them in the garbage heap. So it says that they stoned him, dragged him out of the city, threw him in the garbage heap, and then Paul rises up. And then it says that the next day he uh, went or he rose up um, and he went into the city. He went back into the city. That took a lot of courage for Paul to do that. I think I would have been on the first bus out of town is what I would have done. And But Paul goes back into the city. Then on the second missionary journey, he goes back there. And that's where in Lystra, where he actually met Timothy, his young protege. So uh, Paul talks about to Timothy, you know my persecutions, you know my manner of life at the end of his life. But Paul was stoned and left for dead. I believe that he was dead. He would then go up to paradise. He would see and hear things that are unlawful for me to utter. Inexpressible words is what he says. And then, um, you know, and, and as I think about that, it's just absolutely amazing, isn't it, Jonathan? Right. That he can he continued. I think I would have retired at that point. But he's, he knew heaven was real. And he saw heaven. And, and I think he was more determined to present the gospel because— he goes on and he, he speaks to the Corinthian church that the present trials and, and persecutions that we go through um, and afflictions that we go through are nothing compared to the glory that awaits in heaven. Amen. That he had seen it, and it was real to him, and he knew that this world was temporary. And he talks about the thorn in the flesh in Second Corinthians chapter 12. And what was that thorn in the flesh? Well, the Lord doesn't say. We assume that it was maybe perhaps an eye disease that he got on that first missionary journey. That area was known for malaria, and uh, he had runny eyes, he describes. He says, I write in large letters. So some say perhaps it was that eye disease. I think perhaps it could have been from, you get stoned and left for dead, you're going to have some physical, you know, um, problems, you know, and scars for the rest of your life. And there's one uh, description of Paul, that um, first century description that talks about how he walked with the limp. And uh, so he very much could have. Um, Maybe that's why the Corinthian uh, philosophers kind of made fun of Paul, because, you know, appearance was very, very much important. Uh, They said his speech was contemptible, all this other stuff. So there's a little clues there about Paul, but I believe that he was left for dead. He saw paradise, and he speaks about it there in Second Corinthians chapter twelve. That you know, 
that this the um this affirmity that he had um a thorn in the flesh to me is a messenger uh Satan to buffet me lest I be exalted above measure and the Lord would say to him that my grace is sufficient as he prayed for this this thorn in the flesh to be taken away but Jonathan I know I'm a little bit off course here but oh, I'm glad that he did he didn't give that thorn in the flesh what it was because all right. of us have different thorns in the flesh and stuff so hopefully that answers your question we hear the music we're at the break. It snuck up on me, Jonathan. So thank you for calling. I appreciate it. Have a great thank night. You. Thank you. You too. 303-690-3000. Give me a call. Let's talk about the Lord and the things of the Lord. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you just heard the two numbers where you can be a part of the show, so we invite you to call in at 303-690-3000. we got a couple open lines or give us a text message. Love to be able to go to those as time permits. we got the second half of the show and uh, been blessed the first half. It goes by so fast, sometimes it sneaks up on me, and we come to the break and and uh, hear the music, but uh, what a blessing it is to be with you on this afternoon and uh, to be able to talk with you, pray with you, uh, to be able to point Scripture to you. And uh, so we invite you. we got plenty of time in this half hour. Maybe you're thinking, I've been wanting to call in. And this is a great time to grab one of those open lines. We've got a couple open lines. We're going to go to the phone lines in just a minute. But I do want to let you know that um, we are meeting in person here at Calvary Greeley. And those of you up here in northern Colorado and Weld County, uh, we are meeting at 8, 9.30, and 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings going through Matthew. Uh, incredible study. And uh, so we invite you to come out. Now, this weekend, we're going to watch and see because there is uh, a storm that is uh, being developed that they said could uh, bring significant snowfall. So everybody that's out there, wherever you're at in our listening area, because it's a large storm that's coming in that's going to affect us from the whole listening area from Pueblo up to Cheyenne. And uh, just be careful. Be watching. Be wise. Make sure you make preparations, that you have things, if you do need to travel, to be looking at the road conditions and, um, and you know, to have um, th- those preparations in your car. Um, and just be watching uh, the forecast that is coming in, that is developing really um, by the hour. And then also, as we get closer, it'll be a lot more clear what exactly this storm is going to do. And we get these storms this time of the year, and we're dry. We welcome the moisture. It will be a great inconvenience, uh, but also be uh, looking for the announcements of your church, whether it's uh, email on the websites uh, as pastors are going to be making decisions. And I just want to say this, that sometimes that we can get criticized for closing down during a winter storm, but I know for us here in, in Greeley, we got people that are coming in from out of town, from Eaton, from Kersey, from Fort Lupton, Platteville, 
from Milliken, Johnstown, Loveland, uh, Fort Collins even, uh, Windsor from coming out of town. And we just want to make sure that we are making it to where, you know, people are safe and uh, and people always got an option. And we're looking at backups that if uh, if we aren't able to meet in person that we do an online that you can watch in the safety of your homes online. So all those things. And, and we don't like to shut down. Very seldom do we shut down. But we do want people, if this winter storm warning, if we get a foot or more of snow, we're not going to be able to get in the parking lot anyway. And uh, so just be careful and watch for it. Also, um, just real quick, as I mentioned, uh, I was listening to Pastor Ed and Calvary Church and their announcement on uh, Resurrection Weekend Services. We are going to be meeting uh, on Good Friday, which is the 2nd of April, at noon for a Good Friday service, and then 6 o'clock on Saturday, and then three morning services, 8, 9, 30, and 11, on Resurrection Weekend. We invite you, we encourage you to be uh, inviting somebody to come out and be a part of that service or invite them to your church. People are more open to go to uh, Easter service, Resurrection Weekend, than any other time of the year. And it is more needed than ever before. Than ever before, people need to hear the news that Jesus is alive. And, you know, as we're going through Matthew's Gospel, we're seeing that Jesus, we're in that section where Jesus is beginning to talk to the disciples about going to Jerusalem and being handed over to the chief priests and elders, and there I'm going to be put to death, but I'll rise again after three days. And he never talked about his crucifixion without also talking about his resurrection. And Peter and them didn't understand it. Peter said, not so, Lord. But at the end of Peter's life, as he wrote to the Christians in First Peter chapter 1, he, of course, would write that we have a living hope that comes through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so let's get that message out. The world desperately needs to know that the tomb is empty, Jesus is alive, he conquered sin and death, and he is our hope. So uh, just a little something for you to pray about and think about and consider as we are nearing Resurrection Weekend. Well, Tasha has been waiting. Tasha in Aurora. Tasha, you're on Calvary Live. How are you? I'm good, and yourself? I'm good. How can we pray for you? Um, I'm, I have a move to Houston. I've lived in Colorado all my life, and the Lord sent my Boaz, and so I'm moving out there. And so I need prayer that that He'll give me strength <laughs> to get there, move there, and also um, to transfer my job there. I work at United, and they have a job opening in Houston, and I just want to pray that I could possibly get this job if it's the Lord's will. So just pray for my whole move to you. Yeah, absolutely. Father, I do pray for Tasha. She um, is working for United. um, If it's your will, you're the one that opens doors that no man shuts, and you shut doors that no man opens. That, Lord, if it's your will for her to move to Houston, that, Lord, that you would open those doors. And also that you would give her a peace that rules in her heart, that she would hear that voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Go to the left, go go or stay or whatever, that you would make it clear to her. And Lord, I just pray that the transfer would go through if that's your will, that she makes a move to a different part of the country. 
uh, to a city. She's lived in Colorado all her life to a new area that, Lord, uh, that you would provide for her and that she would sense your presence. And, Lord, I also pray that if she goes, that she would be in a place where she can grow um, just in her faith, that she can grow in um, fellowship with you and with others, in the Word of God, that she would be able to find a place uh, where she can be with Christians and gather. So, Lord, all these things, um, as she considers and ponders them, and that she would just look to you, not only trusting in you, but resting in what you're doing in her life. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. Hey, Tasha. Yeah. Tasha, I yeah. I was reminded, praying for you, that what Revelation chapter 3 says, that he opens doors that no man shuts, and he yeah. shuts doors that no man opens. And the Lord, yeah. if it's his desire for you to go, he'll open up those doors for you. And yeah. also the second verse that came to me praying for you is that in Colossians, that Paul prays, may the peace of God rule in your heart. And that word rule means to make the call. He's going to make the call for you. And you're just going to have that peace, I pray, rules in your heart as you hear the Lord say go, as you hear the Lord tell you to move. And, of course, Isaiah chapter 30, as you go to him and as you wait on him, that he will be a voice saying this is the way walk in it. And the Lord wants to guide you and direct you, whether it's with you know putting the pieces of the puzzle together with the transfer united or whatever the case may be. So if you need more prayer, you call us, okay? Okay, thank you. Can you give me those scriptures once again, Revelation? Chapter 3, and when he writes the letter to the Church of Philadelphia. Also, Colossians Colossians Mm -hmm. chapter 3, when Paul says, My prayer is that Christ will rule in your heart. That word rule literally means to make the call. It means literally a baseball umpire that makes the call. And then in Isaiah chapter 30, as he says to them, he's trying to get the children of Israel, his people, to come to him for counsel. And he said, you're going to the world, you're going to Pharaoh, you're going to Egypt, it's all in vain, but return to me, and in quietness shall be your strength. And as you wait on him, he promises that he'll be gracious to you. And then you will hear from him, a voice behind you saying, this is the way, go in it. It's just a very encouraging chapter, and I think those three references will help you and bless you as you're making this decision. Okay, thank you so much. You're welcome so much, Tasha. God bless you. God bless you. Bye. Bye-bye. You know, God wants to direct us. He wants to guide us, and he, He does. And, you know, we can go to people... Uh, and we can get counsel. And the scripture says that there is safety in the multitude of counsel. And the implication is of godly counsel. And it's always good to be able to call and to, we're going to try to give you that encouragement, give you some godly counsel, give you some scripture to pray through and things like that. But when it comes to it, the Lord does want to guide us and direct us. And we have the Holy Spirit of God in us that speaks to us in that still, small voice. He'll show us Scripture that speaks to us. And He cares about every area of our lives, and we need to remember that. Uh, sometimes we think, Lord, do you really care? Do you want to direct me? 
And he does. I believe he cares about every single area of our lives. He cares about where we move, you know, uh, you know, all the things, you know, our jobs, uh, everything. And he desires for us to come to him and we can get anxious and, and, and talking to a caller earlier about, you know, we, we get anxious at times, but Paul says we don't have to be anxious. He was in a place of waiting in prison when he wrote in Philippians that be anxious for nothing, but through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God and the peace of God that passes understanding will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. And he wants to give us a peace that passes understanding so we can go to the Lord and we can call upon him. And he desires to direct us and be that voice behind us saying, this is the way, walk in it. Go to the left and go to the right. You know, in the Old Testament, they had the ermine, and the thummim. And, and sometimes like David would summons the the priest, the ermine, and the thummim, uh, and the Lord would speak in that way. We don't know exactly what that was. Perhaps two stones um, that the priest would use. You know, do I go after the Amalekites, First uh, Samuel chapter 30, or, or not? But we do know that uh, we have something better, and that's the Holy Spirit of God that speaks to our hearts. And, and a lot of times he'll speak a verse to you, give you a peace that rules in your hearts. And uh, it's so wonderful. We're so blessed as Christians to have that. And um, sometimes I can hear from, you know, this person and hear from that person. and and um, But then the Lord says, I want you to get away, and I want you to spend time with me, and I want you to come to me. And I want to speak to your heart. And we need those quiet times. So maybe that's a word for somebody today. Hey, we got all open lines. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. If you got a question or a prayer request, and the text line is 720-336-0897. Love to be able to just um, just be able to talk with you um, and just to be able to encourage you. Good afternoon, a text message, blessings, praise God for Grace FM, uh, and thank you for the encouragement. Could you please explain what the millennium reign of Christ is? Thank you, and and a good question. You know, Bible prophecy is uh, new to a lot of people because they never really studied it. Their, Their church doesn't talk about it. Matter of fact, what we see a little bit of a trend in even evangelical churches or those churches that we, you know, consider evangelical, is that um, there is no millennium reign. All millennium, uh, all millennialist is all means none. There's no millennium. That's the the doctrine that they hold, that there's no millennium reign. And we know that there are many verses in the Old Testament that speak about the millennium reign of Jesus Christ. And uh, matter of fact, uh, I was looking at this. Uh, we went through Isaiah uh, just recently in our Wednesday study, and Isaiah speaks a lot about the millennium reign of uh, Jesus Christ. And in the beginning of Isaiah, let me read it to you, uh, the word that Isaiah, this is chapter 2, in the beginning of Isaiah, that the uh, Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem, and, and this is what's important to, to take note of. It shall come to pass in the latter days. So Isaiah is told, it shall come to pass um, in the latter days. And in that chapter, he talks about 
um, you know, the millennium reign of Christ. Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his paths. And they shall beat their swords in the plowshares and their spears in the pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn of warning anymore. And, of course, those are verses that are there at the entrance of the United Nation. And the United Nation is not going to bring that peace. It is the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. So the millennium reign of Jesus Christ, for those of you who perhaps don't know what it is, it is going to come to pass. After the seven-year tribulation period, Jesus Christ is going to come back in the second coming of Jesus Christ, where he is going to come back literally and physically to this earth, and then he will establish his kingdom. Jesus talked about his second coming. Uh, There are many more verses in the Old Testament, Isaiah, Jeremiah, uh, Isaiah, uh, Ezekiel, uh, and Daniel. uh, The minor prophets, they all speak of the millennium reign of Jesus Christ. We read about it in Revelation chapter 20, where he's going to come and rule and reign on this earth for a thousand years. And he will rule from Jerusalem. Uh, We, the church, are going to rule and reign with him. And it will be a time where uh, righteousness will cover the earth, Isaiah says, as waters cover the sea. And and then after the thousand-year reign, um, he will create a new heaven and a new earth and a new Jerusalem. And that's where we'll dwell with the Lord forever and ever. Isn't that wonderful? That's our future, folks. And that's why we can have joy even in the midst of the days in which we are in and the difficulties, because we belong to a kingdom that will last forever. And one of the messages of of Daniel to, you know, in the book of Daniel to Nebuchadnezzar is that the nations of the world are all going to go away in that vision of chapter 2 of Daniel that the rock come and crashes that image that represents the empires of the earth up until the second coming of Jesus Christ, and then the rock grew, and that's the rock Jesus Christ, and his kingdom will be a kingdom that will last forever. But the millennium reign is when he will come and rule and reign for a thousand years on the earth, and as Isaiah says, it shall come to pass. And even as John wrote the book of Revelation, write these things down that must come to pass, not that they might or it's a possibility, or it's an allegory that you're writing about, or spiritualize it, it will come to pass. And I can't wait till he comes and rules and reigns from this earth and makes things right. And I know you're excited as well. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Let's go to Rudy in Denver. Hello. How are you, Rudy? I'm good, thank you. I just want to, I don't know, a prayer of joy. Just uh, the Lord's working in me, on me and my wife's uh, marriage. I don't know how uh, he placed a good girl in a, in a bad man's arms, but it's changed me, and I changed okay. for her. And I see each good. other. I see us doing things that we've never done. I started doing things that you know we should start doing. All in the Lord's you know name, all in Jesus' name, we do it, and we pray, go to church together, and we, we're doing things that. Are wonderful. I mean, just we're honoring Great. each other, loving each other. Yeah. You know, we went. And, to, we talked with our with our, with our church about marriage counseling. We've done that. And I've called you guys on spiritual advice and stuff, and and it's working. I just have a prayer of joy. Keep thank on working you. in yeah. our lives. Yeah, and I thank you for you know just sharing that because I know that there may be some that are listening that they're going through difficult season right now in their marriage. 
and you're given a testimony of what God can do in a marriage and bringing two people together. And the Lord is the one that ordained marriage, clear back in Genesis chapter 2. He's the one that blesses marriages. And as we understand the role that God has given to us as husbands and wives, man, it's a glorious, wonderful thing. And just the restoring that he's done in your marriage, and and your guys are together growing in the Lord. You're going to church together. You know, and praise God. And Rudy, just keep hanging on to the Lord and growing in the Lord. Because one of the one of the things is sometimes people say, "Well, can you give me ten steps to have a, a a better marriage?" And it's interesting because Rudy, there's mountains and mountains of books written on marriage to family, and some of them are good, and um, they're very very good. Conferences, Caribbean cruises, you know, mm-hmm. not now because of COVID, but there's all these resources that are there, and those are great and they're mm-hmm. helpful, and I'm not criticizing that. But it's interesting, isn't it, that the Bible comes along, just says a few things on marriage. And he says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. And that means cherishing and serving and loving. And as we do that, as we are living, loving our wives unconditionally, Jesus came to serve. Um, he came to lay down his life. As we do that, then wives, be submitted to your own husbands. It's a joy for them to submit. And to understand that leading our wives means that we're leading spiritually, cherishing them, serving them, you know, praying with them, being the spiritual leader of the house. It's just, and it's a dependency on the Lord. Lord, help me to be the husband that you called me to be. And none of us are perfect, but I can hear in your voice just Mm -hmm. the Lord just blessing you and what he's done. And he wants to continue to bless you and grow your love for each other as your love grows for him. So, Father, I thank you for Rudy. I thank you for, you know, his calls and just the way he's growing in you and what you're doing in his life and his wife. And I just pray that you would just continue to grow their love for you. And I know that their love for each other will grow. Help him be the husband that you've called him to be. And, Lord, to cherish and to serve. And, Lord, to lead in a way that is a blessing and beneficial um, to his wife, to his family. And Lord, as they grow together in you, that they would just have that heart of gratitude. And I thank you for the praise, and I thank you for the testimony that it would encourage others to know that you're the one that ordained marriage, and you're the one that sustains, and you're the one that keeps marriages healthy because you care about our marriages. And I also just want to pray while we're going to you, Lord, that those marriages that need help right now, those who are listening, that people would know that you're the one that can bring healing, forgiveness, restoration in every way. I thank you for Rudy. I thank you for the testimony of what you're doing in his life and that you just want to do more, exceedingly abundantly above all that they can ask or think. And so, Lord, we give you the praise in every way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Keep yes, in sir. touch, okay? All, All right. right. God bless you guys. See you. You too. And, and I know that this last year has put a lot of pressure on marriages. They put a lot of pressure on our young people. Um, we hear the statistics, the isolation, um, just you know the repercussions of COVID that has brought to perhaps um, families uh, with the isolation, with 
losing jobs, losing businesses, but always look to the Lord. The Lord wants to work. He wants to heal. He wants to restore. For you that perhaps that you're going through a difficult time in your marriage, get a hold of your church, get some counseling, both go in and know that God wants to bring healing to your marriage. He wants to bring restoration. He wants to bring forgiveness. And, and there can be all kinds of different reasons why there's problems in a marriage. Um, but know this, that the Lord cares about your marriage, and he cares about you, um, and he desires to work and do that healing touch. And, and so um, we need to pray for marriages today. We need to pray for families that are going through difficulties, for our young people that are feeling isolated. And also, we need to pray because, you know, in our culture and in our society, there's different definitions of marriage. Um, and we know that God had set up to where marriage is between a man and a woman, and a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And so I just want to encourage you that he's the one that ordained marriage, not man, and he's the one that will bless your marriage as you depend on him and look to him for you men to be the husband he's called you to be for you wives to be the woman of God that he's called you to be. And so we need a dependency upon the Lord submitting to one another in the fear of God is what Paul writes. And then he writes about the roles of men and women. I got this text uh, message that um, I I think kind of just kind of just touched my heart a bit. It says, I have just lovingly witnessed to my sister who did not like it. I know that I said nothing wrong because all I did was show her scripture. Why do I feel so bad? I feel guilt whenever I witness to anyone. Is it something that I want to do, but I don't want to feel bad about it? Um, And I I think that that may be a natural kind of feeling when we witness to somebody and they begin to push back on it. And because we want people to receive it. We want people to like us. Uh, That's even emphasized in culture. Um, But I believe that as we witness, and perhaps somebody might get upset, you don't know if they're being convicted by it, by the witness and the words. But speak the truth in love, and don't ever apologize for the gospel. Don't ever apologize for giving truth to somebody. And not everybody's going to like it. But we don't have to feel guilty because guilt comes from, I did something wrong. And and to be able to share uh, as you express, you just showed scripture. You did it because you love your sister. And, and we want to witness to our families. They just be able to do that. But we don't have to feel guilty. And if they're, you know, push back, if they get defensive, that they get angry, just pray that the Lord will bring that conviction to them. But it, you know, it, it is something that we can do as we're led by the Lord. And as we are witnessing uh, concerning the Lord with our life, to love them, to continue to love them, to say, listen, I'm giving you this truth. I'm giving you uh, this gospel message. I'm giving you the truth of what God says about this particular area. And, and you know, we need to speak that into people's lives because the world comes along and tries to rip them off and lies, and uh, we want to be able to witness, and we do it in a loving fashion. And I think that most people know when we speak to them, if we care that we're doing it out of love and concern for them, they know, rather than just blasting people or being cynical or critical, but to minister to those 
that we care about, and that's family members and friends, coworkers, neighbors, whoever is linked to us in our lives, and um, and to do it as the Lord leads and guides us. But not everybody's going to to want to do that. And this is a great time right now to be witnessing, as I said, you know, be be inviting people to church. If they get a little cranky at you, that's okay. At least invite them. But just look for those opportunities to speak truth into people's lives and never feel guilty about doing that. And never uh, feel like that just because they get upset or hold you out at arm's length that you did something wrong. Do it in love. Do it with sensitivity. But do it in grace. But give the truth. Never back down for the truth of the gospel. Never back down from the truth of God's word. And that's really showing love to people when we give them truth, to say, I love you enough to give you truth, to give you words of eternal life. That's what I want to give to you. And as we do, then the Holy Spirit, to allow the Holy Spirit to work that in their hearts, because we don't convert anyone anyway. We don't convert anyone. We don't argue anyone into the kingdom. Um, We allow the Holy Spirit to take his word, which is alive and pierce their hearts, and then allow the Lord, then pray for them. And allow the Lord to do that work as you follow up. But he desires for us to witness. And I think it's good for us as Christians to witness to those around us and and to take the opportunity to do that. And it does take courage to do that in a day in which we're living in. So, Father, I do pray that as we end the show, that you would help us to do that. Be light, be truth to those around us in our lives. In Jesus' name. Hey, everyone, keep an eye on the forecast, okay, here in Colorado. Be safe out there. And Calvary Live will be back tomorrow at the same time. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.